Welcome to C3 Church Tugra. Thank you for listening to one of our great messages. Get ready to be inspired to live your best life. Well, it's my honour, Church, to uh, welcome up. We've got three uh, new voices tonight, and uh, I, we prayed about it. And uh, uh, we've got uh, Dax, what a legend, da- Dave Thomas, and Jilly as well. But first of all, I want to invite up uh, a guy that uh, I just think has so much character, so much heart. Uh, I just think we need more, we need a hundred more people just like this guy, Dax, let's welcome Dax up, and uh, what, a, what a strength, it's, like a, it's like, a, like a Goliath, but a David, it's like a Goliath, but he's a David, let's give it up for Dax, come on. Thank you so much, Pastor Andrew, wow, it's such an honour to, um, to be here, um, who's been enjoying the Blessed Life series that's been happening at church? I know that I have, um, God ripped me a new one with uh, Pastor Luke Boyd's forgiveness message, I am still recovering from that one, thank you very much sir. Um, yeah, so with this Blessed Life uh, series, it was such an honour to get the call and just be invited to just share some things. Um, for me personally, the Blessed Life uh, has been of late, the last 12 months, um, getting back on track with the blessed life. I think a lot of the times we hear the blessed life and think of, you know, the sort of peak, you know, the mountaintop, those great times where things are just roses and, you know, you walk into church and it's greetings and salutations, brethren, you know, and it's just, everything's, everything's just roses. Um, to give you just a, a tiny backstory um, to me, my name's Dax, if I don't know you, um, I came into C3 Tugger about 12 months ago, um, broken, burnt out, had really been, um, really been in a, in a tough spot, um, unfortunately a, a breakdown of a marriage, I'd, I'd stepped down from high level ministry after about 10 years and um, really just wanted to be Mr. Invisible. Wanted to go to a church where no one knew me. I just, you know, and happy to sit up the back. And what happens when you walk into C3 Tugwood because, you know, the Holy Spirit is moving. Pastor Phil calls me out. I'm down the front and he starts laying hands and prophesying and I'm just a blubbering mess. So thank you very much, Pastor Phil. Hope you're having a great time over there. Ephesians 3 over you, in Jesus' name. Um, So anyway, I, I thought I'd just share just a couple of practical things that have really sort of helped. Um, me in the process of, of getting back to this blessed life that we talk about. And really when I, I guess I say that, the blessed life has been happening the whole time. I just maybe wasn't aware of it or I was expecting to be on the mountaintop. But who knows that life is a series of mountaintops, valleys, mountaintops, valleys. Um, mountaintops are great. The view is amazing. The air is fresh, but nothing grows there. The valley is where things actually begin to grow, and, and that's sort of where I'm at at the moment. So if I can just give you maybe three things, um, and it's, it's just going to be real. Um, number one, when the storms come, and they will come, when the valleys come, and they will come, number one, something that's really encouraged me in the last 12 months is just hold on to hope. If you can hold on to hope, hope is our anchor. The storms will come, as I said before. Um, there's no avoidance of that. Offenses will come. People will come. They're, you know, people are amazing. They're, they're fantastic. Sometimes they can be jerks, bless their dirty hearts. But people are great, you know what I mean? And, and when the storms come, I just think if you can have that anchor and you can just hold on to hope that God could make a way where there is no way, and even if you don't even have a, a hope of a plan out of what you're in, just trust that, God, I know that you can, 
whatever you started, I know that you can finish. Um, and it's got nothing to do with me and everything to do how amazing and awesome you are. Um, so everyone just say, hold on to hope. Pastor Luke gave me a, a word, like when, again, following Pastor Phil's <laughs> footsteps. He hit me up one time on the, on the altar call and he just said, um, God's more interested in your future than he is in your past. And to me, that was just on point with what I felt the Holy Spirit doing to me. Number two, everyone say number two. Number two, keep showing up. Just keep showing up. Um, that's probably one of the hardest things to do when you're in the valley, when you don't want to be at church, when you just don't feel, you're not feeling it, you just... I just really felt God say, rest, but keep showing up. I'm like, but God, I've got issues, I've got baggage, I've got doubt, I've got fears, I'm a fail, all these sort of things. And if we're going to be real, I think we all have these moments. And God said, with the baggage, with the doubt, with the anger, with the fear, with the failure, just keep showing up. Um, and like I said, it's got nothing to do with, with really me or what I did, but I thought, okay, God, I'm willing to meet you there. I can, I can continue to show up. And I just felt little by little the Holy Spirit just began to massage some of these things out of my heart and out of my life. And, and as a result, the blessed life has been getting back up that mountaintop of late, which has been absolutely awesome. So all glory to God. I still walk with a limp. I've still got issues. I'm still walking through stuff. I've, I still carry a bit of a limp, but just keep showing up. If I can just encourage you, just keep showing up. Number three, everyone say number three. Number three, seasons change, but the Savior doesn't. So for me... A real mountaintop season of, you know, 12, 10, 12 years and then a real season change in the valley. Um, and sometimes it's hard to see God the same way in the valley as it is in the mountaintop. But if I can just encourage you with one scripture that I think we all know as Christians, Jeremiah 29, verse 11, we've probably heard it preached a thousand different ways, far better than I could ever unpack some stuff. But um, the scripture says, it says, for I know the plans I have for you. This is God speaking to his people. For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. The thing that grabs me about this verse is that this is right in the middle of Israel being in exile. It is a rough, tough valley season. And if you go to the, the rest of this passage and read it in context, uh, God is telling them, you know, build houses, get married, have children, plant crops, and prosper and flourish in your valley. I think a lot of the times we have to be moping and it's just dark and dank and can't do anything. But God's provision and God's redemptive fingerprints can be all over your life, even in the valley. So um, if I can just encourage you with that, that God had the audacity to just speak life and, and faith and future and hope over his people in the middle of exile, I know that he can do the same for you. And if you take nothing away um, from, from tonight, just know that God's got you. What he started, he will finish. Um, and that's pretty much all I had to share for tonight. So thank you so much. And just on a personal note, thank you so much for making church feel amazing and safe. And it's been awesome. Thank you. Let's go down for Dax. There we go, right there. And uh, I tell you, uh, uh, there it is. You, you should have just, you should have, you should, Dax should have dropped that and uh, dropped that and walked off. Well, I wouldn't even care. I would have gone, that's awesome. And I tell you that, uh, you know, uh, as Christians these days, we, we get offended at everything. We go, oh, I'm not going back to that church. They didn't do this and they did that. And uh, the strength of a man is to continue showing up. The strength, the strength, the character of a man is that when everything says you shouldn't turn up, uh, you, should, you, should, you should run from the Lord. Instead of running to, you know, it's, just give it up and run away, uh, Dax ran to the Lord. 
And uh, I just went, oh, if any of my kids went through things, I, I don't want them running. I want them running to the Lord. And nothing else stacks so much character, so much heart. And I, I just see your best days are ahead of you. you, you I, just, I, I think there's a lot of people that need to hear you. There's a lot of people that need encouragement from a guy just like this. And Dax, whether you want it here or not, I just see you preaching all over again. I just see you speaking all again. And uh, whether it's going to be this year or next year or 10 years or whenever. But uh, Dax, I'm telling you, God's called you to speak and to share and to encourage and to build faith in other people. So let's give it up. Dax, you're a legend. Well done. Um, I want to welcome up Dave Thomas again, two times, 2P. This morning and tonight, come on, Dave. <laughs> that was really good, Dax. I was going to offer you guys another round of applause for Dax, but Andrew stole it from me. But <laughs> nah, that was awesome. Um, I'm taking a bit of a, a different approach uh, tonight uh, on the blessed life. Um, so a couple of points I just want to share, a couple of ramblings in my mind I want to share, and then I'll leave you guys uh, with a challenge. So first point, if you're writing notes, I do not have to be blessed because I already am blessed. I struggle with the term be blessed. Um, I think when people say it, they really do mean it with a good heart and pretty authentic. Um, But just the tone, the teacher in me says, be blessed indicates I need to do something in order to be blessed. I need to pray to be blessed. I need to tithe to be blessed. Uh, I need to give of myself to be blessed. Um... It kind of indicates that something needs to be done in order to be, to be blessed. Um, but I think whilst each of these practices are pretty instrumental into you know, maturing as a Christian, um, and each can definitely help with your journey uh, in living the blessed life, I believe they not alone make you blessed. Um, I realize that I am blessed because I have a revelation of who I am in Christ um, and what I have in Christ. So 1 Thessalonians says that I'm chosen 2 Corinthians says that I'm being changed into his image. Ephesians says I'm forgiven. Psalm 139 says I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. John says I am one in Christ. Galatians 3 says those who rely on faith are blessed. So I think John really grasped that concept quite well. Uh, in John, he refers to himself on four separate occasions as the disciple who, loved, who Jesus loved. And you may, many people chuckle at that and give John a hard time. Um, that he says to, I'm the one that God loves, you know. So, but I think he got it. He, he knew that God loved him and it was a revelation for him, um, which was quite important. He knows full well that God's love for him is perfect every day. And just a question for you guys. Have you ever given that thought that God loves you every single day perfectly? That means that his love for you doesn't get better each day. He can't love you more each day. If he could love you more, it means he could improve, and he can't improve because he's God. He's perfect. John knew what his value was, and when you know what your value is too, making decisions in life becomes pretty easy. We are a result of our choices. I'm speaking mainly to any youth that might be here today. You guys and girls are surrounded by voices from everywhere, telling you what to do, telling you who to be. You are surrounded by the pressure to be loved, valued, accepted, And so young people buy expensive toys or turn to drugs, sex, the need for instant gratification from social media to to define what their value is. You're not going to find your value in a boy or a girl, magazine, limousine or iPhone screen because you you weren't created for them. You were created for Christ. And surprise, he's the one that actually tells you what your value is in his word. 
And so when you know what your value is in Christ, decision-making on these things becomes easier. Your choices are based not for people's approval, but from God's approval. And when you realize that you can't please everyone, but you can please God, that is where the blessed life is, because it's exhausting trying to please everyone, and there's no joy in it. The second thought is, focus is the driving force of your faith. I believe that in our journey in life, we can choose what to focus on. Are we going to focus on the fear, or are we going to focus on our faith? In order to live this blessed life, I believe you have to have the right perspective, because I think it's totally possible to be blessed, but not necessarily feel blessed. You may have received God's forgiveness, and you, but you don't feel forgiven. You read his word and it says that it loves you, he loves you, but you don't feel worthy of love. You may hear that he has good plans for you, but when you look around, all you see is uncertainty. And I think as Christians, we need to be really careful not to live life based on our feelings or fear, but more so based on our faith. We may not be able to fix our situation, but we can fix our focus. When Peter walked on water, talking about storms and valleys, Dax, when Peter walked on water, many would argue that Peter began to sink because he focused on the wind and the waves and lost focus of Jesus. He was focusing on his fear beneath his feet and not the face of his faith. But I would suggest if the water was calm, would Peter have a better chance of walking on water that day? I don't think so. Because I don't think his ability to walk on water that day was based on the conditions he found himself in. He was able to walk because he chose to be courageous in his faith. If we live a life based on how we feel or what we can see ahead of us, it's easy to be discouraged. You may be facing a relationship breakdown and don't see a functional future with your spouse. You feel hurt, you feel broken, and you don't know how it's going to end up. Uh, but the perspective is that Jesus is your hope, and he's your healer, and he has forgiven you in order for you to forgive others. If you live by your faith and not your feelings, your future can be totally different. The key here, though, is that we're not born courageous. Peter didn't walk on water because he was courageous. He was courageous because he walked on water. It takes an action to be courageous. Blessed, yes, we are. When you, live, when you give your life to Christ, I believe you are blessed immediately. You have the Holy Spirit, you have salvation, you have heaven. But courage is different. Never in the Bible does it say that we are courageous as Christians. Rather, it says be courageous. Finally, just a challenge and a question for each of us. Your chains are gone, but are you set free? I believe fully that God wants us to have a blessed life. The Father loves to hear his children laugh. We're going from mountaintop to mountaintop. And yes, there are valleys and there are dark places and shadows. But he's always there. We all have stuff to deal with. Stuff from your past, people that have hurt you. Words people use to define you. Labels they have placed on you. But I was challenged this week that Jesus has conquered it all. That beautiful song, Amazing Grace... My chains are gone, I've been set free. As a Christian, we are bound by our chains no more. The chains are broken. Yet so many of us Christians are walking around with these broken chains still in our hands. And it's adding weight, making the blessed life hard to live. Jesus has broken the chains, but some of us are still holding on to them. And it depresses the spirit. So my final thought is a challenge to myself and all of us. What broken chains are you carrying around that is holding you back from the blessed life that God has called you into? Church, you don't need to be blessed. You are blessed. 
Focus on your faith rather than your fears. Your chains are gone. It's time to be free. And let's live this blessed life. Dave Thomas, everybody. Um, well, there he is. And uh, is worth noting, Ken hit a three-pointer. Ken, Ken Ball, is that right? Ken, Ken Ball. <laughs> Are we allowed to say that in church? <laughs> Ken Ball. But uh, Dave, that was phenomenal. I mean, I, I, every time Dave talks, I just listen, you know, and he just knows so much stuff. And it's just deep revelation, deep truth, deep wisdom. And uh, Dave, you need to write a book or something. I would read it. I would buy it. And I'd give it to somebody else. And, uh, and, then I, and I'd give it to somebody else. And uh, but Dave, there is something so deep in there. There's something so deep in there that our church needs to hear it. And uh, I just, it's just deep. It's revelation just flows out. And you're not even trying. You're not even trying to. You just, I tell you, I sat in Dave's uh, little connect group, and I'm just thinking, oh, wow, I just, I just feel God's wisdom. I can feel God's grace uh, all about him. And, uh, you know, I, I just think our church needs to hear more of Dave Thomas. I think you've got it. Uh, and uh, whether you like it or not, I don't know, but uh, he did such a great job. And those points are phenomenal. Uh, phenomenal message. Let's give it up again. Dave Thomas. Dave and Trish, like the power couple. And uh, wow. And uh, look at that little down there. Now, the last one, I'm, uh, I'm not allowed to make a big deal of, uh, apparently. <laughs> Julie gave me the hard word, uh, harder word on the way in. <laughs> and, uh, and said, yeah, cranky. That's so why we, uh, we, Jess and Evan are away. And we love Jess and Evan. And, uh, and uh, Evan and I, every time Jess said I was so cranky, Evan looks at me and I look at Evan and we go, crankier. Because Jess is always cranky. She's just crankier. <laughs> no, no, Jess. No, no, no. You weren't cranky. You are crankier. And uh, yeah, it makes it even madder. And uh, anyway, we, we're missing. Who's missing Jess and Evan? Don't we love them? They're so much fun. And uh, oh, they're having a, I, think they're, I think they've just meet, met up with uh, Pastor Phil and Julie. They're over in uh, Italy. And uh, what a great guy, Evan. He's such a great guy. And he came, we went to the national conference and uh, we were hanging out and uh, everyone, everyone said, oh, you, you know Evan? You know Evan Hall? And everywhere we went, oh, you know Evan Hall? And uh, yeah, 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 I'm Andrew. Yeah, but do you know Evan Hall? I'm like, yeah, yeah, I do. He's a great guy. And uh, he is a great guy. And I tell you, if he, if he was to walk into the national conference, we don't know it, because he's here, like he just sort of hangs around. But if we're walking into the national conference, half the pastors in the room would walk up and say, Evan Hall, how are you going? How, how are you going? How, how, you know, because he's such, in my phone, he was, uh, he was Evan Hall. He ran like this huge youth ministry up in Ballina. And uh, who can imagine Evan at Ballina High with a barbecue and a mic? And, uh, and we, we were talking to one of the youth pastors there, and they said his, his legacy is phenomenal. It's phenomenal up there what he did. And uh, so anyway, we love Evan. We love Jess. They're back, I think, January. Is that right? End of Jan. And they're having a holiday. And they deserve a holiday. With no introduction, let me welcome Jilly. <laughs> oh, dear. Sorry, I just thought he was going to give me like a Jilly and I'm going to get up and go, hi, guys. <laughs> it's a bit hard to follow after that. Um, I feel like I should be like a basketball player or something. Like, you know, maybe it should have been you, Boyd, to follow the trilogy up. <laughs> um, 
Oh, it's so good to um, be able to share with you guys. And um, yeah, my my um, sort of journey at the moment is a little bit different. But at the same time, I, I love hearing you guys because there was things you were saying and I'm like, hey, that's what I'm going to say. That's what I'm going to say too, which is so cool because it just all entwines. Um, the blessed life, it's just such a big thing. And I think, you know, we can all get something different out of it. I just wanted to encourage all of you as well is that we just love each and every one of you so much. Ask Katrina, we were in staff meeting this week and for no reason at all, I just burst out crying. And I'm like, I just love people. I just love them. I love them. And she's like, okay, <laughs> going crazy. But um, but it's just the love, you know, like the love that you have for people isn't like, it's not a superficial love. It's like a real genuine I love you guys because I see the way God sees you. Like, it's just a real genuine love. And that's only a love that God can give you because, you know, if we just look at each other through the eyes of, of you know, the earthly judgment, we would just be like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But God lets us see each other through his eyes and he lets us just love on each other. And that's a real, that's really sincere. And I wanted to say to all of you guys that we genuinely love each and every one of you and and thank you for allowing my parents to have this time away and to be blessed they're living the blessed life hey (laughs) the blessed life I love the updates when dad left I'm way going over time but um when dad left he's like oh I'm not going to put any posts up I'm not going to put any photos up and I think when it started it was like I'm like oh he's doing it he's doing it and now I'm like, yeah, just because you jam nine photos into one doesn't mean it's less photos. Oh, yeah, videos. <laughs> I don't even get the videos. I was trying to watch one today, and I'm like, I, I don't even know what I'm watching here. What, what is it? <laughs> it's really confusing. I, <laughs> I don't even know how he worked it out, to be honest. I can't even work it out. <laughs> how is he so old but so ahead of technology? I don't get it. Anyway. You can never be too old. You can keep up with technology. Actually, a, a side note, I remember when I was a kid, I was like um, young, like 10 or something, and I would go and do piano, piano lessons. But just after my piano lessons, the computers had just really come out. I, I don't know how old I was. Maybe you guys would know better. But um, computers had really just come out, and Dad was like, I'm not going to be behind technology. So he took himself to TAFE to learn how to type. So I would go to piano lessons and then I'd sit on the floor doing my homework while he's learning how to speed type. That's how dedicated he is to technology. He did a TAFE course. (laughs) Anyway, he loves technology. So I was pretty pumped to get the website done for him and he was so stoked with that as well. Anyway, it's totally not my message. My message is about peace. (laughs) Um, That's all right. That's peace too. Um, yeah, God's just been really taking me on this journey of peach, peach, peace, which I think is really funny sometimes the journey that God takes us on because, oh, does anyone else find this that it's like your life is complete opposite to that? Like I'm sitting in like feeding Florence and there's like crying kids and everything. I'm like, God, why are you making me preach this when I'm like, I am not peace. This is not me. <laughs> um, but hey, God teaches us. Um, no, I love it. So I was looking into, um, God's been taking me on this journey of peace. And I know there's heaps of different 
different um, forms of peace, but what he's been really showing me is this inner peace. And it's really been my strength. It's been like my foundation in this time of my life. My life right now is a little bit chaotic. It's pretty full on. I don't really sleep that much. Um, <laughs> and as Gemma would know from last night, <laughs> um, I don't sleep that much. I do a lot of things as we all do. A lot of you do night shift, day shift, night shift, day shift. A lot of us are all over the place. Um, and so maybe you look at your life and you go, hey, peace, I'm not even gonna focus on that because I can't achieve that. It's unachievable. But as I've been looking more into peace and the journey of peace, I'm realizing that our, our um, understanding of peace is actually a little bit wrong, that maybe we associate peace with quiet and completion and still, but really finding peace isn't us, because I'm a massive bliss. Uh, That's the only way I achieve the things in my life. But peace isn't when the list is completed. It's not when your house is paid off and everything's paid off and, and the kids are all like through the toddler stage and, and I've got the perfect job and, you know, that's not peace. But God is wanting us to walk through peace every day in our life. So what the question I posed to God was, well, God, how do I achieve peace in this stage of my life right now? And so this is where he's been taking me. Um, peace is the absence of fear. Peace is the absence of anxiety. It's the absence of worry. Um, it actually says that the Hebrew meaning of peace is complete. And I don't think that God meant complete less. He meant complete in ourselves. So that no matter what stage of life we're at, no matter how much sleep we're getting, um, where our job is taking us, how loud wherever we are, whatever situation we're in, we can still achieve inner peace because we're complete in who we are in Christ. Um, can we just have a look at John 16, 33? It says, I have said these things to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. I think God is encouraging us that there's not, he's not saying to us, wait for that moment where everything is still where everything is perfect. He's saying, even in tribulation, you can overcome the world because you have a, a state of peace. Um, our worlds are busy, but let's have a look at the way that Jesus lived his life. Um, I've been really looking at this lately as, the, as Andrew was preaching this morning. I love um, breaking it up and just looking at the way how did Jesus live when he was here and how can we model ourselves the same? And when you look at Jesus's life, I don't think you would look at it and go that it was overly peaceful or quiet. He was being tugged at and pulled at and Jesus preached here and performed this miracle and do this and do that. And if you think about it, that's what our lives are like too. We might not be doing all the amazing things that Jesus did, but you know, kids are pulling at us here and our jobs are pulling at us there and, and there's pressures on us to achieve this and to achieve that and to keep up with technology. We're always trying to push, 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 push in this Western world to be keep up, keep up, keep up. But God's saying, Jesus is saying that we can achieve inner peace through that life. So how do we do that? By following his model. What did he do? He withdrew from the crowds to pray. He withdrew and so even amongst that, I believe that Jesus would have just walked 
I believe that he just would have walked with the stillness in him because his inner life was at peace. Even though everything around him was chaotic, he still carried peace in him. Philippians 4, 7. And the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. I believe that what... um, what Andrew is doing with our children, teaching them memory verses and what my dad did with me isn't just a silly little thing, but what it's doing is it's embedding foundations into them that they will walk through life going, the peace of God transcends all understanding. God, your peace is with me because they just know these things. They're their foundations. That's what they stand on. That's their rocks. So our practical application um, is to be centred. So as we've been learning in our, um, in our D group, we've been going through this book, Emotionally Healthy Spirituality. And one of the practical applications in that has really transformed the way that I pray to God. It, oh, isn't it, Frank? It's amazing. Um, what it is, is it's taking two minutes, look, 20 seconds, two minutes, 20 minutes, whatever, out of your day to be still, to be centered before God, and just to be silent. How much power is there in being silent? There's so much chaos around us, so much chaos. And I think sometimes when we come to God and pray, we go, okay, we need to pray because I need to find some peace. God, 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 I need to pray. And we start to go through our lists, but we get to our list and then we go, okay, we're back out. Instead of, if we just maybe scrapped our lists for a while and we're just still and just focused our mind focused our thoughts on him, focused everything on him, on him, on him, that maybe, just maybe, we would find our focus and that we would find the answers for our lists anyway. We would find our priorities. You know what else is happening is the more that I send to myself, the more that I'm still before him, just little short times of the day, I find I'm, I'm reassessing my priorities. I'm going, is that really that important or really should I just be pushing that aside to do this. And I find that God leads you. He guides you and he leads you. But if we look at Psalms 34, 14, it says, turn from evil and do good, seek peace and pursue it. Peace is something that we have to seek out. It's not something that we just go, yes, I've got peace. There it is. It's something that daily we come to him and daily we fight for peace. We fight for peace in our inner, life, in, in our, in our inner self. Um, you wonder why anxiety is just rampant at the moment. You wonder why half the population of the world is on antidepressant medication and why we're sitting here in the church and we have the answer. Let me tell you one story before I finish. Um, Katrina and I were um, hosting a memorial for Pat and um, Katrina, by the way, you did such an incredible job. I didn't really get to... Oh, man, this woman, amazing. And, um, and we were standing at the back. We are just about to start. And the funeral director um, packed out. It was actually a really big day. Um, funeral director is looking at us going, I don't know what it is about this place. What is it? Um, she goes, it's quite beautiful. Yeah, it's beautiful. And then she, she goes, no. I just feel so much peace. She said it's the peace. And she's, she's a funeral director. She's been a funeral director for 16 years, wasn't it? She said, I have been in so many places, so many venues, and I have never felt peace like I feel here right now. 
Isn't that amazing? And do you know what? That is something that we, it's not just, it doesn't just stay here, but we carry it in ourselves and we can take that into our home. We can take that into our workplace. No matter how chaotic everything else is around us, we can be carriers and beacons of peace. So can I um, invite the worship team back up? Even if just like Lisa and Doug want to come up and, um, and then everyone else can join in. We're actually going to just take communion together before we finish tonight. Um, and we're just going to be, be still and know that I'm God. <laughs> I'm just going to write that. I want to read something out to you while we're um, taking communion. So thank you, my, thank you, wonderful host, if you could hand that out. Um, do yourself a favour. If you haven't listened to Of Dirt and Grace Hillsong album yet, oh, isn't it? It is amazing. Let me tell you, before I even knew this fact, I was like, what is it about this album? I am just automatically taken to heaven when I listen to it. And then I read about where it was recorded. They've actually recorded it in the Holy Land. And all the different songs are at different places in the Holy Land. Believe me, it is a powerful, powerful album. And there's one song in it, it's called Prince of Peace. It says, Tearing through the night, riding on the storm, Staring down the fight, my eyes found yours. Shining like the sun, striding through my fear, The Prince of Peace met me there. You're always there, you've been hearing my prayer. Your love surrounds me when my thoughts wage war. When night screams terror, there your voice will roar. Come death or shadow, God, I know your light will meet me there. When fear comes knocking, there you'll be my guide. When death brings trouble, there you hold my heart. Come storm or battle, God, I know your peace will meet me there. Oh God, be still my heart, know that you are God. Be still my heart know that you are God. As we take this communion together, why don't we just still our heart before him? Why don't we tell our soul to be still before God? No matter what situation we're in, no matter what workplace we go to this week, no matter what family life we have, that we would be still before God and let us fight for peace in our lives. Let us fight for peace. We hope you enjoyed listening to this message. For more information on what you've just heard or how to visit us, go to c3talgra.org.au. We hope to see you at church soon.